Long History, Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 2. Fog, Gales, Wind and Ice in Svalbard. How did Hudson River, New York's famous river, and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names? Find out about Henry Hudson's four historic journeys here. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. This is history to take your time over if you've enjoyed all those brief histories and want more detail. We're looking at Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries at the moment. There are four journeys altogether and this is the second part of the first journey. There are 25 parts altogether in this series so don't forget to subscribe to be informed of the remaining episodes. If you can't wait until then, there are lots of other source documents from history about world changing events, written by eyewitnesses to those events. We've got Voyages Around the World by Magellan and Francis Drake, as well as accounts of the first attempts to cross the Pacific by Europeans, and many other. Now in the previous episode, Henry Hudson set off from Gravesend near to London and headed up the eastern coast of Great Britain, reaching the Shetland Islands off Scotland's northern coast. He then headed west to the Greenland coast, and from here he heads north to Arctic Islands, called Spitsbergen or Svalbard, which are owned by Norway today. So here we go with Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 2, Fog, Gales, Wind and Ice in Svalbard. The 3 and 20th, in the morning, we had an hard gale on head of us, with much rain that fell in very great drops, much like our thunder showers in England. We tacked about and stood east-northerly with a short sail. To our feeling it was not so cold as before we had it. It was calm from noon to three of the clock with fog. After the wind came up at east and east-southeast, we steered away northeast with the fog and rain. About seven or eight of the clock the wind increased with extreme fog. We steered away with short sail east-northeast and sometimes east and by north. About twelve at midnight the wind came up at southwest. We steered away north, being reasonable clear weather. The four and twentieth in the morning, about two of the clock, the master's mate thought he saw land on the larboard, trending north-northwest-westerly, and the longer we ran north, the more it fell away to the west, and did think it to be a main highland. This day, the wind being westerly, we steered away north, and by observation we were in 73 degrees nearest hand. At noon we changed our course and steered away north and by east. And at our last observation, and also at this, we found the meridian all leeward on the south and by west, westerly part of the compass, when we had sailed two watches, eight leagues. The five and twentieth, the wind scanted and came up at north-northwest. We lay northeast two watches, eight leagues. After the wind became variable between the northeast and the north, we steered away east and by north, and sometimes east. We had thick fog. About noon, three grand passes played about our ship. This afternoon the wind veered to the east and southeast. We hailed away north and by east. This night was close weather, but small fog. We use the word night for distinction of time, but long before this the sun was always above the horizon but as yet we could never see him upon the meridian north. This night, being by our account in the latitude of 75 degrees, we saw small flocks of birds, with black backs and white bellies, and long spear tails. We supposed that land was not far off, 
but we could not decry any, with all the diligence which we could use, being so close weather that many times we could not see six or seven leagues off. The sixth and twentieth in the morning was close weather. We had our wind and held our course as afore. This day our observation was 76 degrees 38 minutes. And we had birds of the same sort as afore, and diverse other of that colour, having red heads, that we saw when we first made the Mount of God's Mercy in Greenland, but not so many. After, we steered away north and by east two watches, ten leagues, with purpose to fall with the southern part of Newland, accounting ourselves ten or twelve leagues from the land. Then we stood away northeast, one watch, five leagues. The seven and twentieth, about one or two of the clock in the morning, we made Newland, being clear weather on the sea. But the land was covered with fog, the ice lying very thick all along the shore for fifteen or sixteen leagues which we saw. Having fair wind, we coasted it in very pleasing smooth sea, and had no ground at an hundred fathoms four leagues from the shore. This day at noon, we accounted we were in seventy-eight degrees, and we stood along the shore. This day was so foggy that we were hardly able to see the land many times, but by our account we were near the Vogel Hook. About eight of the clock this evening, we purposed to shape our course from thence northwest. Here it is to be noted that although we ran along near the shore, we found no great cold, which made us think that if we had been on shore, the place is temperate. Holding this northwest course, about ten of the clock at night, we saw great store of ice on head of us, bearing wester off us, which we could not go clear off with the foresaid course. Then we tacked about and stood away between the south and the southeast, as much desirous to leave this land as we were to see it. The eight and twentieth was a hard gale of wind all the forenoon, between the south and the southwest. We shaped our course, there's a piece of text missing here. We did it to be farther from the ice and land. It pleased God that about twelve of the clock this night it cleared up, and we found that we were between the land and the ice. Vogel Hook, then bearing nearest hand east of us. Then we tacked about and stood in for the shore, having sea room between the ice and the land. The nine and twentieth, at four in the morning, the wind at northeast a pretty gale, we thought best to shorten our way. So we tacked about and stood north-northwest, the wind a little increasing. About twelve at noon we saw ice ahead of us. We cast about again and stood away east-southeast with very much wind, so that we shortened our sails for the space of two watches. Then about eight this evening we struck a hull, and it proved the hardest storm that we had in this voyage. The thirtieth in the morning was stormy, about noon it ceased. At seven in the evening it proved almost calm. The first of July, all the forenoon the wind was at southeast. We stood northeast for the shore, hoping to find an open sea between the shore and the ice. About noon we were embayed with ice, lying between the land and us. By our observation, we were in 78 degrees 42 minutes whereby we accounted we were thwart of the great indraft. And to free ourselves of the ice, we steered between the southeast and south, and to the westward as we could have sea. 
and about six this evening it pleased God to give us clear weather. And we found we were shot far into the inlet, being almost a bay, and environed with very high mountains, with low land lying between them. We had no ground in this bay at an hundred fathoms. Then, being sure where we were, we steered away west, the wind at south-east and calm, and found all our eyes on the northern shore, and a clear sea to the southward. The second it pleased God to give us the wind at north-east, a fair gale with clear weather, the ice being to the northward of us, and the weather shore, and an open sea to the southwards under our lee. We held on our course north-west till twelve of the clock. Having sailed in that course ten leagues, and finding the ice to fall from us to the here there's a gap in the original text, we gave thanks to God who marvellously preserved us from so many dangers among so huge a quantity of ice and fog. We steered away northwest, hoping to be free from ice. We had observation 78 degrees 56 minutes, we fell with ice again, and trended it as it lay between the west and south-southeast. The third, we had observation 78 degrees 33 minutes, this day we had our shrouds frozen, it was searching cold. We also trended the ice, not knowing whether we were clear or not, the wind being at north. The fourth was very cold, and our shrouds and sails frozen. We found we were far in the inlet. The wind being at north, we bear up, and stood south-south-east and south-south-west by west, till ten this night. The fifth was very much wind at north-easterly. At twelve we struck a hull, having brought ourselves near the mouth of the inlet. The sixth in the morning, the wind was as before, and the sea grown. This morning we came into a very green sea. We had our observation 77 degrees 30 minutes. This afternoon the wind and sea assuaged. About four of the clock we set sail, and steered northwest and by west, the wind being at north-northeast. This day proved the clearest day we had long before. The seventh at four in the morning was very clear weather, and the fairest morning that we saw in three weeks before. We steered as a four, being by our account in seventy-eight degrees nearest hand, and out of the sack. We found we were compassed in with land and ice, and were again entered into a black sea, which by proof we found to be an open passage. Now, having the wind at north-northeast, we steered away south and by east, with purpose to fall with the southernmost part of this land which we saw, hoping by this mean either to defray the charge of the voyage, or else, if it pleased God in time, to give us a fair wind to the northeast to satisfy expectations. All this day and night afterward proved calm. The eight, all the forenoon, proved calm and very thick fog. This morning we saw many pieces of driftwood drive by us. We heaved out our boat to stop a leak, and mended our riggings. This day we saw many seals, and two fishes, which we judged to be seahorses or morses. At twelve this night we had the wind at east and by south. We stood away northeast. The ninth, or the forenoon, was little wind at southeast, with thick fog. This day we were in amongst islands of ice, where we saw many seals. 
the tent in the morning was foggy. Afterward, it proved clear. We found we were compassed with ice every way about us. We tacked about and stood south and by west and south-southwest one watch five leagues, hoping to get more sea room and to stand for the northeast. We had wind at northwest. So the pattern set up in the first journey repeats itself here. We have lots of detail about wind and the weather, descriptions about the sea, but there's one quotation here which sums up what's happening in this episode. Here's the quotation. Hoping to find an open sea between the shore and the ice. So Hudson is exploring an area that he calls Newland, and which today is known as Svalbard or Spitsbergen, and he's looking for a clear passage to the Far East. However, he's constantly encumbered by ice in this episode, and so reading between the lines of this bad weather and constant ice and this hopeful search for clear waters that never quite appears, this episode is in fact full of frustration. Also, this is almost certainly the coldest episode yet of Long History, and perhaps the only contender I can think of we've covered in Long History so far is during Francis Drake's voyage about the world, where he heads up California's coast and reaches Oregon and the weather suddenly becomes strangely cold. However, the cold permeates the whole of this episode of Hudson's journey. The wildlife are also mentioned here, and Hudson will mention morses a number of times in future episodes, with morses apparently being an old word for walruses. In the next episode we'll see much more of this arctic wildlife, as Hudson continues to try to head north and find his passage to the Far East. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Long History. Please, before you move on, give it a like to help promote this episode and this series. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember that there's plenty to explore on Long History if you want to go back and look at our previous documents. But above all, thank you for listening to this current episode, which was Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 2, Fog, Gales, Wind and Ice in Svalbard. Goodbye everyone.